Well, it's kind of gloomy out there, and they said it would be, too. 62 degrees, our temperature... I'm, I'm sorry, 59 are de- degrees, our temperature at the moment, but they say it's only going to climb up three or four more degrees to 62 or three. It's a Wednesday, folks. The fourth day of May, 2022. We're having all sorts of fun out here with our computers and everything. We just had some challenges trying to get information we needed, so uh, bear with us. We're also uh, expecting Chris Schmiel, a county commissioner, any moment um, to join us. Um, but, you know, the election. Right, <laughs> we had an election yesterday, the primary, and uh, the um, you know in Athens County. Let's see here. Let me make sure I get this right. Well, okay, there's thirty-eight thousand seven hundred and eighty-nine registered voters in Athens County. Now, they may be registered as a Democrat or as a Republican or a nonpartisan. But the point is 38,789. How many folks do you think voted yesterday? Basically, I'll round this off 17%. I mean, think of this. We're, we're we're all critical, right? Well, if that elected official had done a better job or something like that, you know, or it's all somebody's fault. We need to participate in our election, electoral process. 17% of us voted yesterday. Now, this is a primary, so this this means we're picking candidates who will run in the general election. Yeah, I get that. But that's just as important. Um, now, you know, there were some interesting outcomes. For example... On the Democratic side. So, uh, you know, at a, at a primary election, you have to say, I want a Democratic ballot or a Republican ballot or a nonpartisan ballot. Um, but the, the those that um, voted on the Democratic ballot, when it came to selecting who they want to have run for governor and lieutenant governor, they selected Nan Whaley and Cheryl Stevens. And it wasn't just by a little bit. It was 75% of the vote, three-quarters of the vote. Okay, now on the Republican side... Not too big a surprise. They chose, you know, our incumbent governor. Now let me get back down to those sheets here. I went one too far. Here we go. So, of course, Mike DeWine and John 
acoustic. Um, we're selecting. Now, did they get 75% of the vote? Uh, no, they got 50% of the vote. But still, um, really remarkable, I think. And we could go right on down the list of different offices, and then we get down to, you know, even local offices and all of that. And, uh, but this was a primary election. Uh, as I have already kind of indicated, the turnout is was disappointing. Um, to me, anyway. That only seven sixteen point nine seven. So let's round that up to seventeen percent of the voters that could have voted did. Scott, your thoughts? <laughs> what was that? Hey Scott? Yeah. Okay. No, that's that's our commissioner. It wasn't me. Oh, okay. I'm here. But what, what 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 were, you, what were your thoughts on that, Scott? I'm sorry, I was welcoming Chris okay. coming in. Okay. What what was the question? That for a primary election, only seventeen percent turned out to vote. Well, I kind of thought, and I think it was kind of expected, a low turnout. Um, that still doesn't give us a reason you know for like you said those that complain about a certain issue or a certain candidate to complain if they don't get out and vote i mean that's their opportunity to do so to say something about it mm-hmm. uh but 17 percent is for me significantly low um, i'm wondering if the weather had something to do with it with the storms that rolled through ohio was that 17 percent locally or statewide no, I'm talking about Athens County. Athens County. Okay. Well, I again, oh, I'm minute. I'm what a little it? surprised it was uh let me, wait, wait, that wait, low. let me check that. Okay. No, I'm sorry. That's statewide. Statewide. Okay. Well, uh, again, history has told us that the weather uh, has something to do with that. That sometimes folks just don't want to get out and do it. They're apathetic about it. Um, you know the voter app. That, well, you know I don't want to go do that today. I'll wait, wait for the minute. for the re, the general election. I don't want to misstate something. Okay. The seventeen percent is for the county. For Athens County. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Um, you know, still uh, I'm a little surprised it was that low. I mean, you'd like to see it higher. Typically, what are we in the general elections? Around thirty to thirty-five percent. Sometimes a little yeah. higher. Oh, I that I, I think we've done the election results and we've had that number a few times okay. that I remember. But uh, well, Chris, I don't know if you heard what I was talking about. Yes, come on in, Chris. In out, but um, um, you got a nice support. Um, our incumbent governor got a nice support. The opposing. Um, person that uh, was selected to run against the governor next time got good support it's it's an interesting thing these primary elections and what what, what was your observation uh, anything me personally um i was just looking at the results and um i guess locally 
one thing I noticed was the Republicans had a stronger turnout than the Democrats as far as I believe the increase in uh, you know because when you vote in a primary you decide if you're a Democrat or you're a Republican and um, it looked like there was a hundred and twenty seven percent I saw on the Board of Elections website so of well in, in terms of ballots cast uh, where you have to declare Republican or Democrat um, compared to the registered voters that were Republicans I believe they increased we had 3,309 who asked for a Democratic ballot and 3,215 that asked for a Republican ballot now um, anyway so that's you know a bit of a bump for the Republicans certainly only 60 people asked for nonpartisan ballots. I thought that was interesting. But uh, in that case, you only voted on two items, right? Uh, I mean, depending on which precinct you're in, yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, um, congratulations on your being um, pushed forward again to the general election. Uh, nope, not me. I'm not on the ballot. I, I was on the ballot That's right. for an executive well, committee yeah. seat. That's, That's right. It, so. That's right. Well, um, I've had all sorts of computer problems this morning, so I'm not as prepared as customary. But, uh, you know, there was an event recently uh, honoring the farmer's market, right? Mm-hmm. And was it uh, the 30th year thing? Uh, 50th. 50th year. And uh, I think they held it at the... Uh, History Center, right? Correct. Uh, I'm sure you took that in, eh? I did. And, um, who, who, you know, when I think of the years of Farmer's Market, uh, there's a name that pops out to me, and it's Kip Parker. Mm-hmm. Now, um, but I have a feeling he wasn't the originator of it. Did they say who it was? Who's, well, whose I, idea was it? I believe it was a collection of farmers. Okay. Um, and this would be back in the, you know, 72. Um, I think some of the founding members, uh, and I'm not 100% sure, but you can, if you look at the Farmer's Market website, each member, it, it has their starting year that they started. <laughs> and I think like the Gologolis, they, um, Orchard, um, they were some of the first yes. original, you know, founders of the local farmer's market. And, you know, as long as I can remember, it's always been in the same place. But 50 years ago, that might not have existed. Where did it originally uh, it's start? It's my understanding that the farmer's market in Athens has always been on East State Street. Okay. So, um you know, there. It was where the community center is now. It's been, you know, down at the, uh, you know, the mall where it is now. And then, you know, there is, there is, uh, work going into the idea of the farmers market moving back to the community center, and uh, there's conversations going on with the city of Athens to 
you know, help make that happen. I'd forgotten it was there for a while. Not a long time, but... What, uh, okay, so, uh, w noting that I'm not prepared as customary this morning, um, what are some things you think that uh, we should update our audience on concerning counting? Well, last week I got to go to Marietta. Um, Governor DeWine was over there and Representative Edwards, and they were announcing this $500 million that are going to go to the 32 Appalachian counties in Ohio. So that's a pretty significant chunk of funds. Uh, it's called the BUILDS program. Uh, they have three major goals. Um, top one is downtown revitalization. The second is community health. And the third is workforce development. So, But it's also got a lot of details that need to be uh, sketched out and uh, has to go through the you know legislature now this is a, a who envisioned this initially was it the governor well in the governor's address about the state of the state he did mention supporting Appalachia and you know then this was basically an announcement of what that is going to look like um, this is one-time money, and, you know, $500 million is the, you know, it's, I think this is some of their American Rescue Plan Act money, some of their federal funds that they're redirecting to, you know, a part of the state that's traditionally been neglected financially. Um, now, when we say Appalachia, um, in the state of Ohio, how many counties fall into that classification? I believe 32. And, you know, goes all the way up to Ashtabula County, all the way down to Claremont County. So it's, it's you know, we have 88 counties in total in the state. So it's close to a third, I'd say, of the state is our Appalachian counties. One thing that um, I think John Kerry, he's the director of the governor's office of Appalachia, pointed out to me when I was over there um, was that the whole Appalachian Regional Commission budget annually for the whole, you know, Appalachian region of the country was only $150 million. And so this $500 million just for the 32 Appalachian counties in Ohio, that's quite significant. So he said, he's saying it's going to be very collaborative. So I'm excited about working with our communities to try to come up with uh, collaborative, innovative ideas to take this one-time money, make some good investments that will pay off, you know, in dividends in the future. So we can be... Uh, um, now, if I heard you right, you said this all occurred in a meeting just recently. Um, but what... But, you know, that would be exciting to think about. So what 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 has surfaced so far as great thoughts? Well, you know, Mayor Renner, and I don't know if you've met the mayor of Chansey, Amy Renner, but... Oh, m maybe I have. It, she's really doing a great job with council, and, you know, they're really, you know, investing and just you know finding money to get projects done mm -hmm. and one of the things that they're they're, they're doing is they're um they've developed as like basically zoning for the village of chancy 
um, because of the Bailey's mountain biking trail system, there's a lot of excitement in, you know, revitalizing Chansey. With that, you know, there becomes, if, if you have unplanned growth, it, it can, you know, basically you can wind up tripping on yourself, so to speak. Um, so they've uh, developed a, a zoning plan. Okay, but here's the here's the big idea. This is Chansey's got a lot going on because of the Baileys outdoor recreation tourism. Uh, Gloucester's got some stuff going on with some revitalization in their downtown. Um, there, there's an organization out there called Grow Gloucester Revitalization Organization, and so this idea that um, some of us have been talking about for a while, but basically Baileys to Bur Oak developing that kind of concept around tourism and uh you know be it mountain biking at the baileys be it heritage tourism which we have a lot of you know industrial remnants of uh you know prior days and um and then you got burrow which is a great state park so that's one idea that we could develop you know um you could hit some of those goals about downtown revitalization you could hit some of those goals with community health and uh some workforce development around the tourism sector you know so that's that's one kind of just idea that's percolating but you know we have time to develop some further ideas well um golly Five hundred million. That's exciting. Yes. And as you said, and previously, um, one hundred and fifty million was uh, what was uh, sort of focused at that area. Well, no, that was for the Appalachian Regional Commission, which is multiple states. Yeah. So, like, this is just you know blows that out of the water. So. It's going to be an important project, um, you know, obviously with a lot of the federal money stimulus coming down to the communities, there's a lot of, you know, choices that need to, need to be made um, thoughtfully. And, uh, you know, the commissioners, we have $12.6 million um, through the American Rescue Plan Act, and we've not allocated any of that money yet, but we will soon be, you know, divvying that up in various projects we've had lots of asks um that money can be spent on things like water and sewer uh we can partner with nonprofits locally we can give you know hazard pay to first responders um, lots of options on that broadband um so um talk about um broadband just for a bit uh, you know, if you if you watch TV, there's all these commercials. You know, you get emails, you get all this stuff. And um, for the life of me, I, you know, until about a week ago, our broadband seemed to be working real well. Lately, it's been a little sketchy. I don't know what's going on, huh. but they're they're looking into it. Anyway, um, aren't I mean, are we so far behind everybody else, or are we right up there? Um, you know, I, I I think we're suffering similarly to other rural areas 
in the state. And, you know, but we do have a lot of, again, this federal money is helping fuel expansion of the broadband networks out there. Um, you know, so recently there was a round of state funding and we got one project funded, e even though there was about, I think, six or seven applications that went to the state. Mm -hmm. And th that various, um, uh, you know, service providers, um, local ones, big national corporate ones. And uh, Windstream won a small grant over in the eastern part of the county, so around Coolville. And all of that funding, those those um, have to be fiber to the home and they have to hit certain thresholds as far as upload and download speed. So I think we're going to be seeing an increase of uh, options from different service providers. Um, supposedly Spectrum has made a pretty significant commitment to you know bringing fiber to the home in Athens County within the next two years. I know that some other local companies have are also discussing things with the city of Athens. Um, and then you got Starlink, which is, uh, you know, Elon Musk and, uh, you know, those low level satellites, which some people in the rural areas are, are starting to get. And, you know, so there's more and more options available. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it all plays out. But the next couple of years should be pretty critical. But, you know, we don't do this without having a personal cost, a subscription, if you will. Um, and we have to pick which company to use and that sort of thing, and who will give us the most bang for the buck. Um, the, since they're commercial companies, why do they need the government to... help them well i mean i think that's a kind of a bigger discussion point you know yeah. like i think a lot of industries have you know we don't live in a perfect capitalistic system you know we do have a crossover with a lot of government support and all kinds of different industries so basically the return on investment is the concept i mean you could imagine some country roads around here where you have miles between households mm -hmm. and the cost of of putting in the infrastructure is significantly higher than the return on investment sure. because you know there's just not that many customers so i would say in essence and we're in my neighborhood they could go you know every 50 yards they have a customer and and that's what always happens is the more densely populated areas kind of that's the cream off the top that mm -hmm. all the companies want and you know what the goal of some of these funding programs is to say you know you can't just keep serving those dense densely populated areas you also have to you know get out into those less populated less um, economically viable areas and that's just going to lead to more development potentially out in those areas because people who you know want to live out in the country don't you know they still need to have broadband so how long have you been in public office now I'm in my 10th year in my third term Let me ask uh, some very simple questions okay. what is the most frustrating thing you you feel about being a public servant uh, most frustrating thing. Um, 
<sighs> you know, I'm I'm not a good spot right now. <laughs> you know, like I think basically like people. You know, like working with people. Um, it's hard to please people. People are complicated, uh, but also you know people are wonderful, and uh, you know staying in a positive mindset where getting everybody to work together for common goals you know that's like a huge challenge um mm -hmm. you know and it's it is a little frustrating when i when i see communities in athens county or our whole country you know it's like we have to appreciate other people's differences you know like but then at the end of the day we also have to appreciate i think um our commonalities and our common goals and i think that's where leadership's important um where you know we need to get unified to achieve goals i mean it's just so much more efficient if we're fighting with each other what are what is our goal um so and then what has been the um the most um the best feeling about being a public servant I mean I really enjoy the basically the opportunity to like innovate and create solutions to problems I I sort of love like the puzzles and the challenges and trying to you know figure out solutions so that's what I really like I like to do it's been and I think innovation is important because you know we we always need to keep trying things you know it may not work on the first try or you know your first attempt will need to be crafted um to to make it better you know what i mean so i'm i'm not afraid to take risks because i think we need to um but we need to take smart risks that you know are reasonable and achievable and uh, yeah basically you know i've been able to do things as a elected official working for the people serving the people that have I think helped improve people's lives and now when you look at um, many of the people you work with regularly who are also public officials they're elected uh, do you see differences um, that some you like and some you don't I mean Every person. I don't mean about their personality, but I mean about their their purpose. Well, see, I mean, I think everybody does have their own style, you know, and their own value base. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, like I have a personal mission statement, you know, and so I'm I'm sort of focused on on that as my goal, and my personal mission statement is is really based around providing or uh, you know developing innovative solutions around making our world more sustainable my community and the world more sustainable that's what I went to college for uh, sustainability and uh, you know sustainability to me is not just like environmental stuff but it's more the social environmental health related topics so it's mm -hmm. a it's a more holistic and that was what my program was called it was called holistic transition to sustainability um so like i i know what i want to be doing and i feel like i represent people because i think in athens we do have a lot of people that have those shared values um and uh you know but everybody else is coming from you know they have their own personal mission 
and they have their reasons for making choices and their values. And I, I think it's really important to try to, you know, obviously listen to other people, listening to constituents, listening to other elected officials, you know, meeting people where they're at. And that's it. You know, a lot of that is going on all the time. You know, uh, with my computer uh, issue this morning, I went back and pulled uh, notes from previous meetings with you and Lenny and different, uh, mem you know, county commissioners, right? Mm -hmm. Here's November of 17. Sewer extension. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here it is five years later, and we're still tinkering, right? Well, I mean, I would say that coming from, like, the private sector yeah, and then coming into, you know, the public sector, it's really a lesson in patience and persistence. Um, you know, when you're just in charge of your own life, you can make a decision and, you know, turn your ship quickly. Uh, government takes a long time to change you know and things take a long time to implement and there's just a huge process and learning to be you know there's like this it's like a different frequency you know it's just it's slower it's longer term um but you know if you start a ship sailing in a direction it's like it's it'll get there eventually you just gotta keep you know what i mean like stay persistent and patient you know because things just are slow you know, uh, homes that switched from having a septic tank to sewers, sewer system. You know, that's not something right up front that you watch every day. Um, but have you had some people, um, I hope, say, you know, this is really a great step forward? Yeah, I mean, with our current expansion area, I would say that the you know respondents from some previous surveys were in the upper 70 percent as far as favorable to you know switching from septics to sewers um you know there's obviously everyone has their own you know position uh you know some people just spent fifteen thousand dollars to put in a brand new septic system and then they have to destroy it you know and that yeah, that stinks, you know. Uh, well, not literally. Yeah. I but, um, uh, you know, I think, you know, recently we were up in, uh, we were asked about Doneville, which is the south of Nelsonville, and Nelsonville's expanding and making a re more of a regional kind of facility for, you know, wastewater. And, you know, the people in, in that area definitely didn't want it. Now, there's different economics, there's different, all kinds of, you know, differences in those communities. The community around the, the 50, you know, 56 corridor that we're working on right now, mm -hmm. they, they seem to pretty much want it. They were, you know, they, they had, if you looked at the his, uh, the age of those systems, a lot of those systems were aging out. There was, you know, people were complaining about smell, you know, there's a trade-off. Now you have a monthly bill and before you didn't, so well anyway it's it's happening and it appears to be really making a difference so 
Yeah, and it's going to have a huge and impact on the future, too. Has anyone recently stated to you it's um, 87% completed or something like that? Well, there's different phases, and so we just awarded the bid or not, we had the pre-construction meeting yesterday for, which is uh, the Elliottsville phase, which I believe is, believe is phase six. Okay. So. Out of how many phases? I think we're going to have eight okay. altogether. So three quarters, maybe. Yeah. And, um, um, of course, this was a huge investment, right? Yeah, I mean, and we did get, I think, around $26 million grant mm -hmm. from the USDA. And, you know, this is driven by EPA-type stuff. They did... You know, they, they'd put the county and the county, the commissioners, we, we're in charge of the sewer district if there is, if you're in an area that's unsewered. So it's, it falls upon our lap to take the responsibility of dealing with these issues. Um, and, uh, you know, basically they're trying to keep our water clean and uh, that's what this is all about. The... Um I, I came across a list of Athens County Board of Commissioners duties and responsibilities. And this was dated uh, 2018. Here we are, 2022. Um, can you think of anything that's significantly changed? I mean, you know, things are always changing a little bit. I know in between now and then, for example, like we created ORCA. Yeah. the Outdoor Recreation Council of mm -hmm. Appalachia. So that's a new entity that the county is a part of. That's a council of governments. Um, the land bank mm -hmm. was just getting implemented back in 2018. So, uh, you know, new things are created along the way. And so those are things that come in, you know, those are two new things that I, I'm thinking of. And... Can you think of some things that uh, we've kind of finished up and we don't need to worry about so much anymore? <laughs> That's tougher. Yeah, because a lot of the, a lot of our work is ongoing, I would say. So I'm, I'm not thinking of anything off the top of my head where uh, something is completed and we've taken it off our plate, so. Well, um, talk a little bit about uh, the cheese business just for fun, okay? Okay. So, um, let's see here. Cheese is made from generally a dairy animal, which could be goats or it could be cows, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and how many head of each do you have? We are milking uh, 40 goats Okay. right now. And goat cheese versus... Uh, um, Cow cheese. What what's the biggest difference? Well, um, you know, goat milk is just molecularly different than cow's milk. Um, goat milk is closer to human milk, uh, so some people digest goat milk better than they digest cow's milk. Um, in our cheeses, I mean, in our goat milk, um, we have a little less fat than in a cow's milk uh, and uh, yeah my wife 
has been making the cheese um, and we're training a new cheesemaker right now because she wants to do some other stuff with her life including she's become a community health worker so good good well there's time for both right and uh, okay now so um, cheese how many different cheese do you make I think we make around 10 different cheeses right now. I mean, but there's like a huge science of cheese making. And uh, so these 10, like one would be more mellow and then the other range would be more sharp. Well, there's every cheese is sort of has its own characteristics. So like the first cheese that most people think about when they think about goat cheese is called Chev, which is French for goat. It's just like your soft lactic acid cheese which is kind of like a cream cheese so it's spreadable spreadable okay um feta cheese that's a greek style cheese primarily yep um that is the cheese we make the most of crumbles um you can have it yeah it's it can be yeah it's harder can be soft sometimes you can crumble it mm. um we do sell that a lot to local restaurants so that's our big kind of like wholesale cheese mm -hmm. um gouda is another one now that's an alpine style cheese and that sort of speaks to our style of farming which is called it's a pasture based and so like we have our baby goats in the spring when the grass is starting to grow and then the moms have the fresh grass and that's all about you know basically farming with nature um so Gouda's one of the Alpine cheeses we make. We also make another one called a Tome. It's T-O-M-M-E. And most people haven't heard of it, but it's a pretty common European-style cheese. Now, I hear from a friend of mine who has all of this going on, except in the, de in the um, cattle business. Mm -hmm. You know, how in the middle of the night, there's something going on in the spring with birthing and things like that and all the different interesting stories do you deal with that with goats sure yeah. yeah um we had a really great spring um it's it's kind of the way we do it is we we sort of plan our births you know so we we bring our buck bucks in in october and five months later we have kids and uh we try to kind of they all happen around the same time and uh, this year we actually had a new event out at the farm um, called, uh, well, it was Goat Fest. And uh, it's sort of a celebration of baby goats because baby goats are cute. Yeah, kids dig them. Yeah. And so do adults. What am I saying? Um, <clears throat> but, I mean, you know, there's, there's always that um, um, breach delivery or something like that that comes along and it's, Yep. We uh, had only one kind of challenging birth this year. Okay. Um, so that's, yeah, that's pretty typical. If your goats are, I mean, if your animals are healthy and they're getting everything they need, ideally, you know, those things don't happen, you know, too much. So if someone were out there and saying, gee, I really want to be a county commissioner, um, what do you think the qualities, um, personalities, um, skill set. What what is ideal? I'd say number one would be just working with people mm -hmm. and uh, 
hopefully liking people, <laughs> you know, um, because uh, that is your job. You know, you're you're serving the community and you're working with others to uh, try to get stuff done. Um, you got to have a really broad interests in things, I, I believe, um, because really like you go from like, uh, you know, dog shelter to sewers to economic development. You know what I mean? So I'd say a, a good well-rounded knowledge of life is good. You know, um, you got to like people. And uh, I think being persistent but patient is important. And, uh, you know, it takes work, too. Um, I'm, a, I'm fond of the, you know, there's, you know, as you sow, so shall you reap. Mm. Um, you know, like there's, no, you can't get something for nothing. You know what I mean? So whatever you're working on, it's going to take work. And uh, that's what makes things happen. The county commissioners, there's three of them. Um, who are some of your key <coughs> uh, right-hand type people? Like, uh, is there a planner's office? Yeah, yeah. We have uh, the Athens County planner. Her name's Laura Olbers. She is in the commissioner's, you know, purview. Okay. And uh, working with uh, Laura right now on couple exciting projects one's called the community improvement challenge which we we now call athens county together which is basically about getting citizens together with some elected officials in communities through around the county uh giving them some money to work on on projects about improving their community whatever they want um so we've had teams from chancy and albany and amesville and New Marshfield and Stewart Guysville. Um, we're talking this year in the Plains. Um, and we're talking with some folks up in Doneville. And uh, let's see, where else? So, anyways, I like to encourage citizen engagement. We're talking about voting. You know, voting is a huge, I mean, a huge, you know, something that we really need to appreciate and respect, um, considering, you know, parts of the world don't have this option. Um, so, you know, it's just about civic engagement. And then another thing we're working on is uh, an active transportation plan for the county. And this is a process working with ODOT where you do some planning, which helps lead to things like bike lanes, sidewalks. Uh, so we're not necessarily talking about motorized transportation. Well, nowadays, you know, e-bikes are an interesting thing because it's sort of like they don't go over 20 miles an hour but they are motorized have you ridden on an electric bike Dave? you know they had them in <coughs> on campus briefly and and now they're still up at ohio state but they're not here anymore i guess <coughs> i have wanted so badly to try one yeah prices are coming down um a lot of people that get an electric bike you know they ride their bikes more because mm -hmm. it's a little easier if you still want to get a workout, you can still pedal. Um, but I saw a mother and daughter, young daughter on the back, uh, in our neighborhood recently, and she, the pedals were going around, but she had her feet on like two pegs that were stationary, mm -hmm. and it was electric. And I was so impressed. I had not seen such a thing before. Oh well, 
But of course, to some of my friends, they consider that cheating. You know. But. Yeah, it sort of is, but I think ultimately, if it gets peop- more people out on bikes, it's sure. probably good. Well, um, you know, Hapcap's been really busy um, with the COVID thing and different people struggling with um, rents and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any sort of organization that Athens could use but doesn't have? And I'm... I'm. I would not be surprised if the answer was no. Well, that, that I, we have all the things we need. We're just continuing to build them and develop them. That's pretty much where I'd I, I'd say so. I mean, you know, we have some real challenges to to overcome. With, I, I mean, we still have generational poverty here, where you know we lost coal jobs you know 30 yes. 40 years ago and yeah. you know there's parts of our community that you know we just have a lot of we have some serious poverty um which you know leads into things like housing you know we have a housing shortage affordable housing um and actually this is something exciting that's percolating right now um there is a guy that went to ou his name was alex sheen and he's from like the Cleveland area. Mm-hmm. Um, you may look him up on YouTube and stuff. He's had he's done like five TED talks. He's got this organization. It's called Because I Said I Would. And he was actually the uh, commencement speaker back in 2019. And uh, so there's a an organization in in the county and in the region called the Survivor Advocacy Outreach Program. And their executive director is uh, Jennifer Seifert. And they have this great project where they provide people with jobs, housing, and supportive services for people that are, you know, dealing with some sort of domestic abuse of some sort, trauma. Well, Jen is pretty innovative. She was mentioning 3D printed houses. What? And I was like, what? Exactly. I was like, what? What are you talking about? 3D printed houses. That's right. And so and she started talking about this months ago. And then a couple weeks ago, this guy, Alex Sheen, gets in touch with the mayor, I think, and is like, hey, we want to build a 3D printed house in Athens County. We want it to be the first one in the state of Ohio. And I was like, wow, this is amazing that this guy shows up, wants to build this you know, 3D printed house kind of connected Jennifer Seifert with Alex Sheen and mm-hmm. conversations are going on right now to print this 3D house in possibly Gloucester. Mm. Um, she's got some funding uh, that we're finalizing with the, the state and she was going to be building some houses anyways. And so basically you can imagine what a 3D printer looks like on, you know, like on a small scale, there's one down at the Innovation Center, or there's different places around town that have, you know, like small ones, but mm-hmm. they, you set up a, there's different ways of doing this, um, but they're, it's basically using robots to build houses, um, and there's lots of reasons why that's exciting. Uh, labor shortage, um, materials, hard to get materials. They, so basically, when they 3D print these things, they use, like, 
concrete and they ex and they have an extruder process and they just they have a grid sometimes sometimes they use a, a circle um, but yeah do some internet research on 3d printed homes and but I uh, tell you what I'm ask you a personal favor is you come across more of this stuff engage me sure because uh, I'm fascinated with construction techniques and I've been looking at the um, container home concepts, right? Mm-hmm. And um, they're so unique. And, well, anyway, I'm off topic. So, um, 3D printed homes. Crazy. Crazy. Interesting stuff, I can't stuff, even yeah. quite picture it. Uh, no pun intended. All right, well, listen... Um, Please um, um, make sure that um, next time you come, you bring some of your thoughts of things we need to talk about. I apologize about my lack of organization today, although I thought it was an interesting show. Time flew right by. Yeah. Thank you, Dave, and, for um, hosting. You bet. And, um, folks, the Athens County and Athens County Commissioner is on generally monthly. Uh, with us um, one morning each month and often it's Chris but um, sometimes when you have um, elections things going on we we mix it up a little bit but um, you work it out with the other guys and whatever you, you send our direction we'll be thrilled to have thanks Dave all right Good morning, folks. 970 WATH. Once again, it's 62 degrees. Um, I'm sorry, that's not true. It's 59 degrees. That's where it was an hour ago. That's where it is now. And we're headed up to a high of whopping three more degrees. Wow. Um, let's see. But tomorrow, 72. Friday, 73, possibly a storm. 67 on Saturday with rain. Uh, get some of that gardening done now, if you will. Um, and have In a our wonderful day. year of serving Southeast Ohio. AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. Get ready for higher interest rates. The Fed is expected to announce another increase this afternoon. The goal? Because they're trying to tame inflation. Bank of America CEO Brian Moynihan told CBS Mornings. The economy is as big as it was before the pandemic. It's expected to grow at a faster rate. The Fed's worried that prices are climbing too fast as people continue to spend money. He says demand is so strong, businesses just can't keep up. That's what the Fed's trying to get right. How do I guide this back to normal? He says it's a delicate dance. This is a tricky execution. The employment market is so tight as the Fed makes this action. It's a hard landing, a soft landing, a bouncy landing, any, lots of words around it, and that's the big debate. Stacy Lynn, CBS News, Washington. Higher interest rates may be putting off would-be home buyers. Only 30% of U.S. adults tell Gallup pollsters it's still